And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ. Comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This time, it's part two of the Phil Harris and Alice Faye show as they celebrate Mother's Day from 1949. Then we'll investigate another baffling murder case alongside Casey, crime photographer from 1947. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. Look, we have Mike Costello over there as well. Well, Here we I could am. not do the show without him. Yeah, we, so. I, you know what? The show would not be on the air without him. I think I just said that. Yeah, you're yeah, right. That's true. I guess you just did. I did. Well, last time, we began listening to the Phil Harris and Alice Faye Mother's Day show. Let's tune in to the conclusion now from May 8th, 1949. All right, get the cash out while I wrap this up. Uh, would you like to have it gift-wrapped? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. I'll use this beautiful paper here. And... No, I better wrap it in something else. This is today's racing form, and I haven't read it yet. <laughs> Have you got the 200? Have I got it? I got the money right here in my hand. But wait a minute. Before I hand it over, are you sure that this is genuine? Looks like good money to me. I mean, the price. <laughs> well, have it appraised. If they say it's worth less than $500, I'll give you your money back. Fair enough. You? Say, tell me, Grogan, if this is worth 500 how can you afford to sell it to me for 200 That's simple. I eliminate the metal max. Or any other man who happens to get in my way. <laughs> it's a pleasure to do business with someone like you. What do you know? It's a five o'clock whistle already. <laughs> Time to go home. I'll, I'll just take that 200. Thanks. So long, Wait a minute, Grogan. I... Frankie, why is he going down that trap door? I guess he has an apartment under the store. <laughs> well, now that you got Alice's present, let's take it home and we'll see. All right, you mugs. Stay where you are and get your hands up. This is a law. Well, if it ain't Seymour subpoena in person. <laughs> yeah, old Nick Nightstick himself. <laughs> You're under arrest for receiving stolen goods. Hand over that bracelet. Peter, will you, bud? You're cluttering up the aisle. Go pound a beat. Hey, something. Done curly, it. curly. Can't talk that way to a cop. Yeah, what are you talking about? He ain't no cop. It's a racket. Grogan sells you the stuff, and this guy sticks you up and takes it back. He works with Grogan. He's a confederate. Curly, he can't be a confederate Why not? He's wearing a blue uniform <laughs> Well, Mr. Bones, we finished with that mess for a routine last year Well, I just thought that I'd get a little yak in here while... <laughs> All right, pick and pat <laughs> Let's see how funny you can be down at the station house 
Station House? Hey, Rebel, did he say Station House? Yeah, that must be the play. All right, come on, come on. I'll now, wait a minute. Wait. Come on. Miss Harris, we called you down to headquarters because we have a mug here who claims to be your husband. Turnkey's bringing him in now. Oh, he can't be my husband. Mr. Harris is downtown shopping. Oh, wait till I see this phony who's masquerading as my husband. I'll, I'll tell... Hello, honey. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no! Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> hey, Alice, I'm glad you're here. Now you can tell these guys who... Quiet, are... you. Mrs. Harris, is this man your husband? Before I answer that, can it be used against me? Honey, <laughs> will you please tell the man who I am? I want to Sergeant. get out of... He is my husband. Oh, my mistake. His mistake, he says. <laughs> Phil, how did you get into this? Honey, I was buying you a Mother's Day present, and I didn't know the guy had stolen goods. Miss Harris, if you'll vouch for these men, I'll let them go in your custody. Oh, thank you, Sergeant. <laughs> and now to show my appreciation, I'd like to do something for you. Here's a couple of tickets to my radio show. Oh, Mr. Harris, you're so good to me. <laughs> I'm on duty Sunday. I won't be able to go. Oh, what a shame. Phil, <laughs> let's go home. Oh, he can't go home yet. He has to get that $200 back from Grogan so he can buy your Mother's Day present. Frankie's right. Phil. I'd rather forget the present. No, no. We won't have any trouble getting the money back. Come on, Curly. Grogan belongs to a very exclusive club. We'll find him there. Okay, look, Alice, you go home and I'll call you right after I get my money back, but huh? But, Phil, please don't... I want my money back. Hey, Frankie. Hmm? This is a swanky club. Are you sure Grogan belongs to this? Oh, yeah, he's a charter member. He must be around someplace. Ah, oh, there he is. Hey, Grogan. Rogan. Hey, number 297341. Is somebody on me? There he is. Oh, that's... <laughs> oh, 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 it's you guys. Well, bud, how'd the little woman like the trinket? She didn't see it. I got arrested for having stolen goods. Arrested? <laughs> Remley, I'll thank you to get this ex-con out of here. <laughs> I don't do business with criminals. I'm a criminal. You sold me a hot bracelet. All right, come around tomorrow. I'll send you a fan to cool it off. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Grogan. I want my money back or I'm going to tell the police on you. Oh, you big tattletale. <laughs> That's it. If you want your money back, I'll give it to you. Come on in the dining room. I'll get it for you. Yo, Levin, the winner. Right. Uh, six, Everybody, get in the field. Number, number 14, black. Get the in the winner. field, everybody. Get in. Come on out. All right, you wait here. I'll get your money. This is a nice big dining room. <laughs> Look at all the tables. Yeah. Wonder why everybody's standing at them tables. Must be Buffett service. <laughs> Well, I'm hungry. Let's get something to eat. Hey, let's go over to this table. Yeah. Hey, look at it, really. Hmm? Hey, this is a cute tablecloth. Green with numbers on it. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. And look at the nice, big, lazy Susan they got in the middle. 
Yeah, but they ain't much food on it. All they got is one little white meatball spinning around. <laughs> Curly. What? That's a roulette wheel. This is a gambling joint. No. So this is what they look like. <laughs> Heavens to Betsy, what a rude awakening. Yeah, and we better get out of here. If we ever got caught in this fuck... Ow! Everybody stay where you are. This is a rape. Don't strike. Everybody scatter. Oh, Heavens, Stark. This is our chance to get away from here. Come on. Come on, yeah. Let's beat it. Follow me and don't lose your head, Remley. I'll get you out of this. Oh, I hope you can. I've never been so frightened in all my life. Control yourself, will you, Frankie? Every time you get excited, your voice goes up too. I... <laughs> Me, it's a dame. Oh, that's all we need. Oh, please, please help me get okay, out. Okay, lady, okay, lady, okay, calm down. Just come right with us, right through this door. There, there. Well, thank goodness we made it. Nobody's here but the three of us. And little me. <laughs> get your hands up. Hey, look, it's Blue Boy again. <laughs> Homer handcuff. <laughs> oh. Oh, so it's you two, huh? You guys get around, don't you? You ain't exactly a stay-at-home yourself. <laughs> now, officer, this time it's a mistake. You hear me? I'm... Yeah, it always is. Hey, uh, Murph, can I get these people's names from my paper? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Oh, no, a reporter. Now, look, Remley, whatever you do, don't give your right name. Tell him you're somebody else. Mm. I'm Larkin of the Mirror. What's your name, bud? My name? Um, um... Julius Abrosio, Mac. And what's your name, mister? Bill Harris. <laughs> Frankie, what did you give my name for? You took the one I was going to use. Yours is the only other one I could think of. So you're Phil Harris, huh? And who are you, Blondie? Are you with him? Yes, yes, I, I'm his wife. Alice Faye? No, no, look. Oh, wait a minute, story hits the streets. Faye and Harris wait a minute, the gambling raid. I'll have this on the stands in an hour. Now, wait a minute. Come back here. That's not Alice, and I'm not me. I'll... All right, all right. Get moving, all of you. If we hurry, you can get your old cell back. Gee, the story in the papers is horrible. Miss Faye in jail, caught in a gambling raid. I'd never have thunk it of her. I guess you can't tell a book by its cover. And such a beautiful cover. <laughs> what a binding. <laughs> I wonder who's here at the house taking care of the kids while she's incarcerated. Oh, hello, Julia. Miss Faye, you just been sprung. <laughs> Why don't you shoot your way out? What on earth are you talking about? You're supposed to be in jail. It says here in the paper that Phil Harris and Alice Faye was arrested in a gambling raid. A gambling raid? Oh, Julius, I... You don't have to explain, Somi. I don't care about your sordid past. <laughs> I know your husband drug you into this. Now, Julius, listen to me. Let you... me take you away from that Fagan and his criminal existence. <laughs> Julius, please, Mr. Harris is in jail. What'll I do? Leave him there! <laughs> Dream girl. Let's fly away to Hawaii. Julius. Blue Hawaii. 
snooker, 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 Miss Harris, I'm sorry you had to come down to the station house again. Oh, Alice, thank goodness you showed up. I've been trying to tell that sergeant that I'm innocent and I want to get out of here. If you show it on baby face, the gang's mouthpiece will have you out in no time. <laughs> What gang? Don't tell me you never heard of the Harris Band. He's the leader of the toughest mob this side of Chicago. He's public enemy number one. But I... I, I, Oh, so you're the leader of a band of bad men, eh? Well, it's not their fault. They just happen to be lousy musicians. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Let's get this straight. You tell me, son. Is this Phil Harris the radio comedian or is he public enemy number one? Yes. <laughs> you don't believe me? Listen to a show any Sunday. Why, you little doctor. Stand back. Mrs. Harris, is this man your husband? Is he a crook? Is he a band leader or is he nuts? Yes. <laughs> I mean, no. Sergeant, this man is my husband. He's not guilty of any crime, and if you'll release him in my custody, I'll be responsible. Okay, but this time, keep him out of trouble. Get out of here, Harris. And turnkey, throw that Remley character out, too. Come along, Phil. And this time, we're going right home. No, we're not. We are not going home. I'm just storing up. We're not going till I get that money back from Grogan so I can buy you a Mother's Day present. Phil, please stay away from I'm that man. I'm not going to stay away please. from that man. He owes me that money, and this time I'm going to his house. Now, I'm not going to get in any trouble there. Remley knows where he lives. Now, go home, and I'll call you as soon as I get my $200 back. Hello? Hello, Alice. It's me. Oh, thank goodness. Did you get the 200 from Grogan? Yeah, I got it, and I went downtown and bought you a Mother's Day present with it. Oh, Phil, I can't wait to see it. When will you be home? Just a minute. Hey, Sarge, how long do you think I'll be here? (laughs) Phil, you're in jail again? Yes, dear. What for now? Passing counterfeit money. Alice, I'm sorry I didn't get you anything for Mother's Day. I didn't get my money back from Grogan and... Oh, that's all right, Phil. You don't have to get me anything. But I want to. Well, if you insist, okay. But don't spend too much money. Get me something inexpensive. Like what? Well, I I could use something to get around town in. How about a, a Cadillac convertible, darling? Or would you rather buy me a Lincoln Continental, sweetheart? Take roller skates and call me Stinky. This is Bill Foreman wishing good health to all from Rexall. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that's the Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show. From May 8, 1949, Good Mother's Day show starring Phil Harris and Alice Faye, along with Elliot Lewis as Frankie Remley and Walter Tetley as Julius. It was sponsored by Rexall, as heard on NBC. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's KC Crime Photographer. Stick around.
More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. It's time now for Casey, crime photographer. This was an amateur detective series, and the character of Jack Flashgun Casey was first seen in pulp magazines. Casey was a newspaper cameraman who took crime scene photos, and his keen eye for detail served him well at solving the crimes he was assigned to photograph. While waiting for his next assignment. He killed time with his gal pal Annie Williams at the Blue Note Cafe run by Ethelbert, the bartender. This show came to radio in 1943, lasted until 1955. The actor that played Casey the longest was Stotts Cotsworth. And we have an episode starring Stotts Cotsworth for you now from July 24, 1947. It's called The Photo of the Dead. Here's part one of Casey, crime photographer. The Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation brings you Crime Photographer. You know, Ethelbert, you and I have a good chance to be famous. How's that, Casey? Well, I figure if a man's known by the company he keeps, yeah. then he ought to be known by the company that keeps him. That makes sense. And the company that keeps us is Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than ten thousand employees bring you another adventure of Casey, crime photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole. Our adventure for tonight: photo of the dead. Clock in the evening, the big untidy photographer's room of the Morning Express. The door opens, and Ann Williams. Gosh, it's hot, Casey. Let's go over to the Blue Note. Oh, Annie, I'd like to get out of this joint for a while, but uh, Dad Phelan phoned about half an hour ago and said he wanted to see me. He's making a special trip down here. Dad Phelan? Sure, you met him. He runs a little stationery and cigar store. Oh, yes, of course. He lost his wife last year, and he went to her funeral. Yeah, Aunt Maggie, your name was. Well, what does he want to see you about? Well, he said he wanted my advice about something. What he didn't say. Well, there he is now. Hi, Dad. Oh, Casey, my boy. Hey, it's good to see you. It's Dad. always good to see you. You remember Annie Williams? Oh, you? of course. How are you, Miss Williams? Just fine, Mister Phelan. Now, sit down, Dad. Thanks. Uh, I've got something to tell you, boy. Oh, what's on your mind, Casey? I've heard from Maggie. Uh, huh? She's come back to me from the dead. Mister Phelan. I've heard her voice, and she sent me a picture from the other world. Her picture, boy. You know that after Maggie died, well, we'd been together for nearly fifty years, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I know. So I started to read books that told how the, the dead sometimes are able to communicate with the living. Books on psychic phenomena? Uh, yes, Miss Williams. There's a bookshop on Twelfth Street, Jameson's, that has a lot of those books. Yeah, I passed it. Yeah, a very nice lady runs it. I went in there a lot. We got acquainted and. One day she told me about a man, man with remarkable powers.、Uh, so you went to him? Yeah, and last Thursday night, a week ago, boy, Maggie spoke to me while I was there. What did this man charge you? He wouldn't take a penny. Huh? Here, Casey, look at this picture. You see what had happened? Above my right shoulder. There's a ghostly face of a woman, Casey. Yeah. 
And it's Maggie's face. You recognize it, boy? Yes, yes. Uh, Casey, this picture couldn't have been made by... by a trick, could it? Maggie was really with me last night, wasn't she? Yes, sure she was with you, Dad. The, the photo's not a fake? You'd no. know. No, it's... it's not a fake. So glad to hear you say that. Casey. Now hold it, Annie. Say, Dad, what's the name of this, uh, this man who took this shot? Well, uh, it's kind of a funny name, uh, Fader Nasi. He, he's an East Indian fella. He's one of those swamis, huh? He's a fine man. Oh, I'm sure of that. Where does he live? Well, he has a big house on Rankin Avenue, 142. Uh, why? Well, I just wondered. Oh, excuse me, Dan. Yeah. Hello, Casey speaking. Yeah. Okay, Burke, I'll be right up. That was City Desk calling, Dan. I'm sorry, I've got to rush up. Uh, go right ahead, boy. I'll be going. Anyway, you've told me what I wanted to know, and you've made me very happy. Well, I'm very glad. Uh, good night, Miss Williams. Good night, Mr. Phelan. Uh, good night to you, boy. And a million thanks. Good night, Dan. Casey, that photograph can't be on the left. Of course it isn't. It's a crude double exposure. That ghost face was taken from an old picture of Aunt Maggie that this... Fader Narcy fellow got hold of something. Well, why didn't you tell the old man that? Oh, Annie, how could I? Dad wants to believe that this thing's on the level. He, he's happy tonight for the first time since his wife died. But, Annie, after I finish whatever assignment Burke has for me upstairs, I'm going to pay an unsocial call on Swami Fader Narcy. <laughs> That's the first portion of Casey Crime Photographer. More after these words. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Casey Crime Photographer. Oh, hey, Burke, what do you mean? You're sending me out of town tonight? That's what I said, Casey. I just had our Detroit correspondent on the phone. He tells me a honey of a murder broke out there. You may be gone two weeks, maybe a month. And I'm not going? Casey's on this job alone, Williams. You stay here. Now take this to the cashier and get your expense money, oh. Casey. Your train leaves in 45 minutes. Burke, I ought to see a guy tonight. Here. You can't. Get going, Casey. I want pictures from Detroit tomorrow. Oh, uh, okay. Well... Dad Phelan's been looking after himself for over 70 years. I guess he can do it without my help a few weeks longer. Hello. Miss Williams? Yes. This is long distance. I have your call through to Detroit. Oh, thank you. Go ahead, please. Hello. Hello, Casey. Annie, it's great to hear your voice. Anyway, what's up? Look, uh, something's happened that we think you ought to know about. Uh, what? I'm at police headquarters with Captain Logan. A few hours ago, your friend, Dad Phelan, was... Found dead. Dad Phelan? Yes, Casey. And Captain Logan thinks that Swami Feda Nazi was responsible for his death. Well, come on, Logan. Let's have a dope on it. Well, Phelan didn't open his door this morning, Casey. A cop on the beat got worried, broke in, and found your friend dead in the back room. He just died in his sleep, huh? Yeah. I talked to Miss Williams after she phoned you, Casey, and we pieced the thing together. Beside the old man's body was that spirit photograph of him and his wife. In his pocket, we found a bank book that had apparently represented his life savings. Balance was only $21. But until four days after Miss Williams says he called on you with the express, the balance had been $6,021. Uh, the fake swami got the 6000 Yeah. 
The shock of losing his life savings and learning that the Swami was a fake was too much for him. The Swami gave him the usual routine. Yeah, racketeers of his type are all alike. After the victim is convinced he's in contact with the dead, he gets a spook message telling him to hand over some money, usually for an investment the ghost recommends. That dough was passed over in cash, and we cops can't do a thing. Logan, that swami killed that old man just as surely as though he'd stuck a gun at his head and pulled the trigger. I know it, but he's not a murderer in the eyes of the law. We can't even prove him a thief. Are you question him? Naturally. He denied everything. Well, Logan... I'll talk to Swami Fader Narsi. It won't get you anywhere. Well, I'll see you later. Now, what are you going to do? Well, from what you say, there's only one thing I can do. Beat that guy to a pulp. Good afternoon. Are you Fader Narsi? No, sir. Oh, just a servant, eh? Yes, well, I want to see your boss. What is your name? Casey. You have appointment with the master? No. Fader Narsi received no visitor except by appointment. Well, he received me, big guy. Get out of my way. Wait. Nobody pass Loki. Loki? Yes, master. I will see the gentleman for a moment. What is it you wish, Mr. Casey? So you. I am Fader Narsi. What do you wish? Hasn't your crystal ball told you? As the police have made some baseless insinuations that cannot be proven... I imagine you were about to do something equally foolish. Yeah. I'm going to knock that grin off your face and your teeth along with it. Yes, sir. Take your hands off of me. Let me go, will you? Lukey, my devoted servant is a Senegalese. They are noted for their skill in fighting. Lukey, teach Mr. Casey that it will be very unwise for him to trouble us again. It will be a pleasure, sir. Splendid, Lukey. Now, pick Mr. Casey up from where he's fallen and throw him out the door. <laughs> You're certainly a pretty pitcher, Casey. Two black eyes, a lump on your jaw. You don't have to give me a bruise by bruise description of how I look, Ethelbert. I know. Ethelbert, that big Senegalese prize fighter might have killed him. Oh. I know how you feel, pal, but you've gone at this thing all wrong. Rough stuff will get you nowhere. That's great. You got any suggestions? Uh, no. Captain Logan says there's nothing he can do, huh? Well, what can the cops do unless they can prove that Nazi got Mr. Phelan's money and got it under false pretense? Must be some way to get evidence. Why doesn't Logan detail one of his dicks to pose as a sucker and pass this Nazi a couple of marked bills? Well, that's been tried several times, but Nazi's too wise. Casey, huh? I might be able to get the goods on Fader Nazi. But you? Yeah. No one would ever take me for a cop. I could go to Nazi and tell him I'd lost a, a sister, for instance. And I'd let him believe that I had some money, and he'd work his racket on me, and then I'd pass him marked bills, and we'd have him. Sure, it'd be a cinch, Casey. Oh, yeah. It'd be a complete bust, that's oh, now what it'd why? Be. Do you think anybody gets into Narzi's joint unless he knows who they are and all about him, Annie? See, it's part of his racket to have the lowdown on people who come to him. Oh, you mean he'd look me up and find out I'm Ann Williams, who works for the Morning Express? Yeah, he sure would. Say, wait a minute. I've got an idea. Hmm? What? Burke was telling me some of his recent family history a few days before I went to Detroit. He can give us the gimmick we need behind this thing. Burke? You said he had it? Yeah. Boy, and will he do it when he sees it? 
as the build-up for an exclusive feature story. Annie, come on, we're talking to Burke right now. You're right, Casey. It's a natural. Williams, you'll check into an uptown hotel here tomorrow night as Marilyn Phillips of Portland, Oregon. Which is the real name and home address of your wife's first cousin, right? Yes, as Casey remembered my telling him, Marilyn lost her mother several months ago. Where's Miss Phillips now, Dover? Traveling in Mexico, so that'll be all right. She's about your size and coloring, Williams. I'll have my wife tell you enough about Marilyn Phillips tonight so that you can borrow her identity without any chance of a slip-up. When this fader Nazi checks her, he'll think you're the real McCoy. Well, how will I get to Nazi? I can't just walk up to his front you door. You get to and... him the same way Dad Phelan did. You go to Jameson's occult bookshop and become a steady customer. The old dame who runs the place is probably a shill for Nazi. Oh, I get it. I pose as a grief-stricken daughter with, with money and let her and him do the rest. That's the play. After you check into the hotel as Marilyn Phillips, you're not to come near this office, near your apartment... Or with anyone you know, till this job's finished. Uh, wait a minute now, Burke, you mean... I mean especially that she can't go anywhere near you, Casey. That'd give the whole show away. Oh, I didn't think of that. I'll see that you receive plenty of expense money, Williams. You'll report to me by phone. That's all. Uh, she, she can talk to me by phone, too. Well, what does she want to talk to you for? Yes, why should I? Well, I thought I might be able to help or something. Burke. We'll attend to everything. Sure, Casey. I'll attend to everything. Oh, that's just swell. Billy does. Burke's busy. Oh, it's me, Burke. I'm getting acquainted with Mrs. Jameson, but she hasn't suggested I see our man yet. You've only been on the job ten days. This will take time. Stick with it. Casey, what on earth has happened to Miss Williams? It's almost three weeks since I've seen her in here. And Miss I've... Williams is away, Ethelbert. And who cares? Hey, you don't have to bite my head off. You've been coming in here for over a month now, Miss Phillips. I feel that I know you well enough to offer a suggestion that may soften your great sorrow. Well, the only thing that can help me, Mrs. Jameson, is if I could see my mother again or... Hear her voice. Well, perhaps you can. I know a remarkable man, Miss Phillips. A man of almost miraculous powers. His name is Fader Knott. Sit down, Miss Phillips. Thank you. Uh, I see things in the crystal ball. I see a lady there whom you loved. Very dearly. My mother? Yes. Her name was Alice. The woman who sent me here must have told you that. Be not hasty in your judgment, Miss Phillips. You were born October 4th, 1922. Your home was 47 Vista Road, Portland, Oregon. Your middle name is Celestine. Your mother's maiden name was McClintic. She's very close to you now, Miss Phillips. Very close. Can you make me see her, Swami? Or hear her voice? Later, perhaps. Come to me on Thursday next. In the meantime, I will pray that the one you love beyond the veil will speak to you and give you comfort. Go now. I'm very weary. Yes, Swami. Uh, what, um, uh, how much do I owe you? Owe me? Oh, my dear child, I make no charge for my services, ever. My mission in life 
is to serve mankind. Oh, he merely gave you the old build-up today. Yes, Burke. Of course, someone in Portland sent him the information about Marilyn Phillips and her mother. Oh, Burge and his racket have contacts all over. Call me again after you see him Thursday. Goodbye. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Burke. Huh? How, uh, how's Casey? In very bad humor. Goodbye. It's very still, Miss Phillips. The psychic force is strong in me tonight. I feel the spirit presence of one who has passed beyond. You uh, think, Swami, that my mother... I cannot tell. I am sinking into trance. Hold my hands tightly. Look closely at the crystal, and soon you may hear the voice of the dead. It's so dark in here. Trance. I'm sinking into... Oh. Swami. What? That knocking. Something's knocking on the table, Swami. And it isn't you. Oh, That music. Where's it coming from? I'm afraid, Swami. I'm afraid. Have no fear, my daughter. That voice. It is your mother's, darling. Mother? I'm with you, Marilyn, here. This good man has helped me make the journey from the land beyond to bring you comfort. I can't see you, Mother. I have more to tell you, my dear. Now the force is growing weak. Trust this good man... Trust Vader Narsi, and I will come to you again through him. Come again, and I will have more to say. Oh. Swami Narsi. Swami Narsi. Was it a success, Miss Phillips? you, You don't know what happened? I was in trance. I never know. Her mother talked to me. She said that she had more to tell me. We shall assist her then. Come to me next Wednesday. Hold my hands tightly, Miss Phillips. Yes, Swami. I am sinking into trance. Sinking into... <laughs> Those knocks. And that... That music again, I... Mother? Yes, my darling. Come, come closer and let me really see you. That is beyond my power, dear. I have but little time. I'm so worried about you, my child. Worried about me? I left you so little money when I passed behind the veil. You must have more, much more, and you shall have it. I will point the way. Tomorrow, take your money from the bank. Take my money from the bank? Give it to this good man, Faded Narcy. He will invest it for you. Invest it so it will be doubled, tripled in amount. When that is done, your mother will be happy. You, uh, 
You will tell Fader Nancy how to invest my money, Mother? I shall guide his every action. And I know all things, dear. Through him, I will make you rich. Promise, darling. Yes, Mother, yes. I'll bring Swami Nazi the money tomorrow. Made me very happy. I must leave you now, darling. I must go. Oh, then the ghost voice faded out, huh? Uh, yes, Bert. And when Nazi snapped out of his trance, I told him I'd bring him $10,000 that Mother left me at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. I'll send you the money by messenger. Call me when you get it, and we'll check on the final plan. Okay, Bert. Goodbye. Well, Casey... Tomorrow night will be the pale. Yeah? Cops will be posted around the house before Williams goes in. When she comes out, the cops will take it as a signal, close in. Get the swami with those marked bills in his possession. And that's that. There's also going to be a witness when that money is passed. Who? Me. What, you're the last guy in the world who could get into that house. I've been casing that joint, Burke. There's a big window in Narcy's chamber with a strong trellis leading up to it. The window is painted black inside, but if Anne can get it open just a few inches... You could see and hear what's going on. And I can take a picture of Anne giving that rat the dough. I'll use an infrared bulb that shows no glare. It'll make a swell shot for the paper. And for evidence in court, will you tell Anne to get that window open? I certainly will. Leave it to Williams. She'll get it open somehow. I've brought the money for me. Oh, yes. Yes, the money. You'll return it to me, and much more besides, as Mother said. Miss Phillips, through spirit guidance, I have made many fortunes for other people. I'm not interested in money myself. Oh, there's um, $10,000 here. All I have. Well, I, I will accept and invest it as a sacred trust. Here. Thank you. What was that? I, I didn't hear anything. We'll see. This window. So, Mr. Case. <gasps> Hello, Nazi. Step off that trellis and into this room with your camera. As you see, I have a gun. Yes, I see. Now close the window. Okay. I am always alert for frame-ups. Yes, a guy in your racket has to be. You will give me the film you just exposed? What good will it do you? I saw you take the dough. Your testimony and that of Mr. Phillips will be utterly valueless if the money cannot be found in my procession. It's quite obvious that I have been given marked bills, but they're easily destroyed. Casey, if he destroys the paper's $10,000, I'll have to pay it back. I'll be in debt the rest of my life. He won't destroy it. Don't move, Mr. Casey. I shoot. I'll take the film from your camera and toss it into the copper bowl on this table. Okay. I place your marked money in the bowl with it. Now, strike a match, Mr. Casey, and burn them. That gun makes you the boss. Oh, Casey, when we tell Burke you burned the paper's money... It is very probable that you will not be believed. There will be a large suspicion that you kept it for yourself. That doesn't bother me so much as the idea that you might beat this rap, Nazi. I shall beat it. Now, strike a match and burn that evidence. Okay. Money and the film in this bowl beside... Your crystal ball. Right at you, Nazi. Knock the gun out of his hand. Get it, Annie, quick. Look here, look here. Yes, a big prize fighter. Come here, look here, help. That's the guy I want to see again. Take this gun, you'll need it. No, I won't. Look here. I am here, master. You weren't expecting that crystal ball in your face, were you? Ah, now, that'll hold you. Now, Swami Nazi, would you like to gaze into your crystal ball? 
Or can you guess what's going to happen? Don't hit me. Don't hit me. This is for Dad Phelan. Things for Annie. This one's for me. And now, Annie, you can bring in the cops. Cops got the whole gang of them, huh, Casey? Yes, Ethelbert. Mm-hmm, including Mrs. Jameson, the dame who also impersonated Narzi's spook. That's swell, Miss Williams. And it's swell to see you around here again. I've missed you since you've been away on that case. Oh, thanks, Ethelbert. Yeah, that's right. We've all... Uh, say, Annie, it's, it's uh, kind of a nice night. Uh, how about you and me taking a walk? Why? Uh, hmm? Well, just because it's uh, <laughs> kind of a nice night. So long, Ethelbert. Uh, so long, Ethelbert. So long, Ethel... Uh, okay. So long. <sighs> As my sister Edna says, quote, absence makes the brain grow dumber. And a walk on a nice night may be dangerous business for an unmarried bachelor. Unquote. Photographer starring Stotts Cotsworth as Casey is brought to you each Thursday by the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation. Prime Photographer is directed by John Deets. The original music is by Archie Blyer, and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. Herman Chittison is the Blue Note pianist. This is Tony Marvin saying good night for the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. Thursday night on CBS is the biggest show in town, so stay tuned for exciting dramatizations on Reader's Digest Radio Edition, which follows immediately over most of these stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Casey Crime Photographer from July 24th, 1947, with the photo of the dead starring Stotts Cotsworth, sponsored by Anchor Hawking Glass, is heard on CBS. Let's take a quick break. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next time, it's the Screen Guild Players production of Casablanca starring Humphrey Bogart. Then we'll tune into part one of the Charlie McCarthy show from 1947 with special guest Lana Turner. That's next time here on Hollywood 360. Don't miss out.